Welcome to Always Abounding. This podcast will encourage you as a believer to continue on and always abound in the work of the Lord. Now your host, Keith Stensis. Welcome once again to our podcast, Always Abounding. This is your host, Brother Keith Stensis, here in the country of Uganda, East Africa. I hope that uh, this podcast finds you today finding some way, some opportunity uh, to always abound in the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And uh, this program, uh, if you are new to this program, uh, this program is all about encouraging you to always abound in the work of the Lord. We've got so much to do, so little time to do it, and uh, we need more and more people that will be encouraged to always abound in the work of the Lord. Uh, You know, there are we're going to do something a little bit different today on uh, on this podcast and uh, something that uh, I think I've done it one time before, uh, but uh, there there are there are thousands and thousands and thousands of podcasts out there, and no doubt uh, there are many good ones uh, that are out there and uh, good ones that'll encourage you to serve the Lord and, and, and things of this nature. And I also realize that it is impossible to, uh, listen to podcasts all day long. I mean, sometimes you got to sleep. Sometimes you, uh, I had a friend of mine, uh, who loves to fall asleep listening to the Dave Ramsey podcast. And, uh, he just records them and records them and records them. And, and literally he falls asleep every night listening, uh, to the, uh, Dave Ramsey podcast. But, uh, anyway, that may not be you. Um, but, uh, but it, th- there's many out there and, and I realize that, uh, you know, you don't have the time to listen to podcasts all day long. And, and that's why many times I will thank you for taking the time to listen, uh, to the always abounding podcast, because again, I know there are many out there, many better uh, men out there preaching better messages, better things uh, than me. And uh, and so I, I completely, completely understand that. And so I always, always thank you uh, for taking the time to listen to our little podcast here. And, uh, and I hope and I pray that in some way that I've been able to encourage you uh, to serve the Lord and uh, at the same time give you updates on what is happening here in the country of Uganda. But one of the uh, podcasts that I enjoy listening to. It's a preaching podcast, and uh, it is uh, the the podcast is called the Preaching of the Cross podcast. The Preaching of the Cross podcast. It is put out by the Bible Baptist Church uh, in Deland, Florida. Pastor James Knox, and uh, basically what the podcast is is they just simply put his messages uh, that he preaches uh, on the podcast. And so, if you want a good Bible teaching uh, message uh, that will really challenge your heart to serve the Lord, uh, I would highly, highly recommend the Preaching of the Cross podcast. And uh, and uh, it, it's just many times, many times during the day I'll listen to his podcast. And I, I've never known uh, a man, a preacher, that can really 
get under your skin like he does <laughs> for a good reason. And uh, he just he, he, he preaches the word of God and, and he lays it out there just like it is. And uh, and I am challenged so many times uh, to serve the Lord uh, through his uh, preaching. I was listening to his uh, podcast the other day, and uh, one of the podcasts that was put out on March the 4th of this last year, uh, the, the title of the podcast was called The Brightness of God Himself. Uh, but before he preached that message, he had kind of an introduction uh, there to the message, and, uh, and basically it was a challenge uh, to stay motivated. And so I wrote... Uh, Brother Knox and asked him for permission to rebroadcast or repodcast uh, that introduction to the message, and uh, he graciously gave his consent uh, to that. And uh, so the podcast today is going to be uh, Pastor James Knox, and uh, it's not not very long, about 12, 13 minutes, uh, but it's a story about a man who uh, was a soul winner, and uh, you know, sometimes you just don't think that you're making any difference. And, uh, you know, you want to abound in the work of the Lord. You want to do more for God. And, it, and you just wonder sometimes, am I really getting anywhere? Am I really accomplishing anything? Am I really doing anything? Is there any results that are really happening? And, uh, you know, the, the fact of the matter is we should not be doing what we do for results. Okay. And, and that's the bottom line. Uh, we should be going soul winning. We should be passing out tracks. We should be discipling. We should be doing uh, these things out of obedience uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ, not for reward or not for results. And uh, sadly, many times we are very, uh, especially in America, we are very results-oriented people. And uh, when we don't see the results that we want and when we don't see the results that uh, we care to get, um, then many times we, we just, you know, falter by the wayside and say, well, that's just not for me. And, uh, but this, uh, this story that he tells at the beginning of this message, I believe, uh, will go a very, very long way to encourage you, uh, to stay motivated, uh, to always abound in the work of the Lord. And so, uh, the pastor's name once again is Pastor James Knox. He pastors the Bible Baptist Church in Deland, Florida. And, uh, so you listen to him as he, uh, this is basically the introduction of his message. It's not the entire message. You can listen to that on your own if you'd like, uh, but uh, the introduction uh, to his message, just sharing his heart with his people there at Bible Baptist Church. And uh, so you listen as uh, Brother James Knox gives this introduction. I was, I was saved in 1976, started witnessing and preaching in 1977, started pastoring in 1981. I'm going to tell you what, what the, the greatest challenge is in my life and the greatest challenge I have in the ministry. My, my greatest challenge in life is with all the things that happen in life staying properly motivated to serve Jesus Christ. I never have any struggle believing. I never have any struggle wanting to go and be with Him. I really don't, honestly, I really don't have that much struggle with the 
you know, the, the world and, and all of that. I don't, I don't have any desire for those things. But to want to continue to want to serve Him the way I should serve Him is a continual struggle. It's a struggle because, quite honestly, I get tired of people rejecting what they need. Quite honestly, I get tired of caring more about people's souls than they care about their own souls. Quite honestly, I get tired of pouring my life into people who just, no matter what you do for them, something happens in the church, they turn their back on it and walk away. Quite honestly, I, I get worn out with lies about me and about our church in the newspaper. I get worn out with, with the lies on the people put on the Internet and text message and Facebook and all that. It, it wears you out. And when those, when those things start to weigh upon me, I find myself I'm not careful. I start spending more time with political things or I start spending more time with secular things or I start devoting more attention to... Uh, to, well, just to the things of this life and the cares of this life. And, and it is a constant, I'm just being honest with you, it's a constant struggle for me. Not to come to church, I love coming to church. Not to read the Bible, the Bible's a blessing to my heart. But to keep giving myself to people who don't respond as they ought to respond, but in, in reality respond like the Bible said they would. It's, it's difficult. And my, my greatest challenge as a pastor is to keep a group of people encouraged to serve the Lord who have family troubles and job troubles and distractions with the government and distractions with the neighbors and distractions with the kids and all of that. You just keep bringing our attention back and saying, yeah, but why would we quit serving God? Yeah, but why would we quit serving the Lord? And it's, let's just, let's be fair about it. If all of us could have stayed where we were at the peak of our zeal for Jesus throughout our lifetime, this would be a different country. If every, if every saved person, the high point they ever hit, if they could stay there, what a difference it would be. And, and the constant challenge is to say, come on, brother, don't quit. Come on, sister, don't give up. And so, so every now and then I come across something that really helps. And when I do, I, I want you to, to hear about it as well. A man named Dave, he writes this. This all started a number of years ago in a Baptist church in Crystal Palace in South London. The Sunday morning service was closing and a man stood up at the back and raised his hand and said, Excuse me, Pastor, can I share a short testimony? The pastor looked at his watch and said, You have three minutes. You never know what you're going to get. You've got to be careful. The man proceeded with this story. I've just moved into this area. I used to live in Sydney, Australia. Just a few months back, I was visiting some relatives, and I was walking down George Street. You know where George Street is in Sydney, going from the business area out to the colonial area. A strange little white-haired man stepped out from a shop doorway, put a pamphlet in my hand, and said, Excuse me, sir, are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? I was astounded by these words. No one had ever asked me that. I thanked him courteously, and all the way home to London, this puzzled me. I called a friend and thanked God he was a Christian and led me to Christ. The Baptists loved testimonies like that. Everyone applauded and welcomed him into their fellowship. The pastor flew to Adelaide, uh, I'm probably not pronouncing that right, Australia the next week. 
And ten days later, in the middle of a three-day series in a Baptist church in Adelaide, a woman came up to him for some counseling. He wanted to establish where she stood with Christ. She said, I used to live in Sydney. Just a couple of months back, I was visiting some friends in Sydney and doing some last-minute shopping down George Street. A strange little white-haired man stepped out of a shop doorway and offered me a pamphlet. said, Excuse me, madam, are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? I was disturbed by those words. When I got home to Adelaide, I knew this Baptist church was on the next block from me. I sought out the pastor, and he led me to Christ. So I'm telling you that I'm a Christian. The London pastor was now very puzzled. Twice in two weeks, he had heard the same testimony. He then flew to preach in the Mount Pleasant Church in Perth. When his teaching series was over, the senior elder of that church took him out for a meal. And he asked the elder how he got saved. I grew up in this church from the age of 15. I never made a commitment to Jesus. I just hopped on the bandwagon like everyone else. Because of my business ability, I grew up to a place of influence. I was on a business trip to Sydney just three years ago. And a spiteful little man stepped out of a shop doorway and offered me a religious pamphlet and accosted me with a question. Excuse me, sir, are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? <laughs> I tried to tell him I was a Baptist elder, but he wouldn't listen to me. I was seething with anger all the way home from Sydney to Perth. I told my pastor, thinking that he would sympathize, but he agreed. He'd been disturbed for years knowing I didn't have a relationship with Jesus, and he was right. My pastor led me to Jesus after that encounter just three years ago. The London preacher threw, uh, flew home and was soon speaking at the Keswick Conventions in the Lake District of England. And he threw in these three testimonies. At the close of the teaching series, four elderly pastors came up and explained that they too had been saved between 25 and 30 years earlier through that same little man on George Street offering them a pamphlet and asking the same question. The following week, he flew to a similar convention in the Caribbean, where missionaries were holding a meeting. He shared the same testimonies. At the close of his teaching, three missionaries came forward and said they had also been saved between 15 and 25 years earlier by that same little man's testimony and the same question on George Street in Sydney. Next, he stopped in Atlanta, Georgia to speak at a naval chaplain convention. Here for three days, he spoke to over 1,000 naval chaplains. Afterward, the chaplain general took him out for a meal, and he asked the chaplain how he became a Christian. It was miraculous, he said. I was a raiding on a naval battleship, and I lived a reprobate life. We were doing some exercises in the South Pacific, and we docked at Sydney Harbor for replenishments. We hit King's Cross with a vengeance. I was blind drunk, got on the wrong bus, and by accident got off in George Street. As I got off the bus, I thought I saw a ghost as this man jumped out in front of me, pushed a pamphlet in my hand and said, Sailor, are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? The fear of God hit me immediately. I was shocked sober, ran back to the ship and sought out the chaplain. He led me to Christ. I soon began to prepare for the ministry under his guidance. I am now in charge of 1,000 chaplains who are bent on soul winning today. Six months later, that London pastor flew to a conference for 5,000 Indian missionaries in a remote part of northeast India. At the end, he heard, the head missionary took him to his humble little home for a simple meal. 
He asked how this man who had been a Hindu came to Christ. He said, I grew up in a very privileged position. I worked in the Indian diplomatic mission and I traveled the world. I am so glad for the forgiveness of Christ and the blood covering my sin. I would be very embarrassed if people found out what I got into. One period of diplomatic service took me to Sydney. I was doing some last-minute shopping laden with toys and clothes for my children. I was walking down George Street when a courteous white-haired man, little man, stepped out in front of me and offered me a pamphlet and said, Excuse me, sir, are you saved? If you die tonight, are you going to heaven? I thanked him very much, but this disturbed me. I got back to my town, sought out our Hindu priest. He couldn't help me. But he advised me that to satisfy my curious mind, I should go talk to the missionary in the mission home at the end of the road. That was good advice because that day the missionary led me to Christ. I quit Hinduism immediately and began to prepare for ministry. I left the diplomatic service and here I am today by God's grace in charge of all these missionaries who have together led 100,000 people to Christ. Eight months later, that London pastor was preaching in Sydney. He asked the local Baptist minister if he knew of a little elderly white-haired man who handed out tracts on George Street. He replied, yes, I do. His name is Mr. Jenner, although I don't think he does it anymore because he's so frail and elderly. Two nights later, they went to meet him in his little apartment. They knocked on the door and this tiny, frail old man greeted them. He sat them down and made them tea. He was so frail that he was slopping the tea into the saucer as his hands shook. The London preacher sat there and told him of all these accounts from the three previous years. The little man sat with tears running down his cheeks and told him his story. I was a raiding on an Australian warship. I was living a reprobate life. In a crisis, I really hit the wall. One of my colleagues to whom I gave literal hell was there to help me. He led me to Jesus. And the change in my life was night to day in 24 hours. I was so grateful to God. I promised God that I would share Jesus in a simple witness with at least 10 people a day. As God gave me strength, I did that. Sometimes I was ill and couldn't do it, but I made up for it for the days I missed at other times. I wasn't paranoid about it. And I've done this for over 40 years. In my retirement years, the best place was on St. George Street, where I saw hundreds of people a day. I got lots of rejections, but a lot of people courteously took the tract. In 40 years of doing this, I have never heard of one single person coming to Jesus until you came here today. How could you give out all those tracts and all those people get saved? And he never knew one person had ever come to the Lord. And he just kept going. How do you know it hasn't done any good? How do you know it wasn't worth it? You know, I would say that he has to be committed to show gratitude and love for Jesus to do that for 40 years and not hear of any results. 
That simple little non-charismatic Baptist man witnessed to perhaps, by his accounting, 147,000 people. And as far as he knew, it didn't do any good. And yet what I found as I traveled the world was that the thousands and thousands that were saved through his ministry were probably just the tip of the iceberg. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Church, I thank you that for all these years, we've never lacked for people on the street corners. But many that once stood on those corners have ceased to do so. We've never lacked for people to knock on doors. We've never lacked for people to give out gospel tracts. But many that used to do so no longer do so. And I'd say a big reason why a lot of people quit is it doesn't seem to be doing any good. How do you know? It must do more good to witness than to not witness. And if we could just do it for the Lord's glory, and leave the results to Him, how that would help us to keep going not get turned aside? Like you, I get discouraged. But I hope that you'll help me and I'll help you to shake it off and stay zealous for Jesus Christ. That encourages me. I never knew till tonight. How could all those people be saved and you not know it? One day we might just stand together at the judgment seat of Christ and say, Where'd all you people come from? Well, I was in Deland one time. One night I was on Church Street. Well, family went to the boardwalk once. Well, for about six months, I went to Stetson and in my mailbox. Let's let time tell the tale. In the meantime, let's be out there telling people about Jesus. Amen. Father, help us not to be weary in well-doing. Father, help us not to be turned aside, not to be caught up and entangled the affairs of this life, not to lose sight of how worthy you are of having us speak on your behalf. God, would you help us to give out those tracts like we once did, to speak up for you like we once did, to be bold for Jesus like we once were. Lord, those who right now are on the the top of their game spiritually, I pray God you'd help them stay there as long as they can and then May we rally and encourage them when they begin to slip just a bit. Help us, Father, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I hope that was a help and a blessing to you. I know it was to me. I've, I've listened to that now three or four times. And, uh, you know, once again, it's just, you never know. You just never know the impact that you've had on people. You've never know what that one gospel track 
uh, can do uh, in the hands of an individual and uh, the change that God can make in an individual through just one person who gives out a gospel track to somebody else. And so I hope uh, that that uh, story, uh, as told there by uh, Brother Knox or as read there by Brother Knox, uh, I hope it's been a help and a blessing to you and just an encouragement to you. Uh, I know uh, it's easy uh, to read the verse in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, always abound in the work of the Lord. It's very easy to read that, and uh, it's quite another thing to live it. And uh, I completely understand that because I am, I'm where you are, and uh, I, I feel the same thing that Brother Knox uh, feels many times. You just, you just wonder, uh, what, what, is the, what is the motivation? What is keeping me going? And, uh, and, and, and again, not to just be repetitive, uh, but it should always be because of the love that you have for the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so I hope and pray that that was a help and a blessing to you. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians... Chapter 15 and verse number 58, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. If you've not done so already, let me encourage you to subscribe uh, to the Always Abounding podcast. Uh, every single Friday, we upload a new podcast for your uh, encouragement. And uh, so I hope that you'll uh, subscribe to that. If you've not done so already, uh, let me encourage you to leave a comment as well and uh, maybe a rating as to uh, how you feel about the program, how it's been a blessing to you. And, uh, and uh, every Friday, I hope to be a part of you and your family, maybe encourage you and help you to grow in the Lord and encourage you to always abound in the work of the Lord. Thank you so much for your prayers. Thank you so much for your financial support. Those of you that support this podcast, those of you that support our ministry, whether personally or through your local church, God bless you so much. And uh, thank you so much for that. We could not do what we do without you. And uh, God bless you so much for your help. Well, I hope you've had a wonderful day today. I hope this podcast was a blessing to you. And uh, Lord willing, we will see you next Friday. God bless you so much. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. We want to thank you for listening today. We trust that this podcast was an encouragement to you to always abound in the work of the Lord. For more information about your host or simply contact us, visit kstensisfamily.com